Hey everybody, it's McGann, and I had a thought occur to me about The Corpse Bride, so I dug out the DVD and rewatched it. I was thinking that The Corpse Bride Emily had been part of the Everglot family. It seemed like a logical way to explain away why the Everglots were broke, despite being lords who had significant land holdings, because Emily's backstory includes stealing a ton of money to run away with her lover. It just fit. Now, back in the day, and heck, sometimes today still, if you disappointed your family, they would disown you and pretend that you never existed at all. Essentially, think of Krusty the Clown's dad going, I have no son, and then, I didn't mean that literally. So, if that were the case, and the Everglots needed a new heir for their title, they would have likely had Victoria and never told her that she had a missing sister. Realistically, the Everglots would have wanted a male heir, though, since women came with dowries back then, which Lord Barkus refers to later on. If you don't remember from history class, a dowry is essentially what a family pays a man to marry their daughter. The dowry is partly that daughter's inheritance, and partly kind of like a bribe to get her married into a family of equal or better status. Although that is basically what the Van Dorts did, so that the Everglots would let Victor marry Victoria. And because Lord and Lady Everglot never see the corpse bride walking around, we don't get to gauge their reaction to seeing her. But we do know with certainty that Victoria doesn't recognize Emily at all and vice versa. It seemed like this theory was going to fit nicely into the cracks of this story, but then the details ruin everything. According to the Corpse Bride wiki page, Victoria is 19 years old. Just keep that in the back of your mind for a moment. Now, let's take a good look at Emily. The movie tells us that there are varying stages of dead bodies in the land of the dead. People who just died still look like themselves, only blue. And people who've been there longer have rotted away to being only skeletons. And we see through the other characters that this is a process that goes from point A to point B. So you don't just die and come to the land of the dead as a skeleton. So looking at Emily, we get to see that her left arm and right leg are nothing but bone, meaning she's been dead for a while, but most of the rest of her is blue skin. Now, considering the circumstances of her death, it's safe to assume that she was buried hastily and she had a shallow grave. I would guesstimate that the most shallow parts of her grave were where her left arm and right leg were laying, and that's why it's more decayed. Also, notice how her hand is reaching out from the ground. There is no way that Lord Barkis left that evidence sticking out for anyone to find, which means that Emily wasn't dead when he buried her. Emily was probably knocked out and she woke up in her grave, desperately trying to claw her way out before she suffocated. Remember what Emily says when she sees Lord Barkis? She says that he left her for dead, not that he killed her. Okay, so that is super dark, but how does that help us judge time? Lord Barkis mentions having been engaged many years ago, but that still doesn't help us figure things out. But there is another character that tells us everything we need to know. This old lady. Yes, this minor character looks at her deceased husband, Albert, and says, but you've been dead for 15 years. So because our elderly friend likely gave her husband a proper burial in a casket, and he is a full-blown skeleton after 15 years, we can safely say that Emily's death was less than 15 years ago. Now, we also have to consider that Emily was not buried in a coffin, so she was exposed to the elements and bugs and other influences of decay much more than the average skeleton. So, looking at Emily and seeing that only parts of her have fully decayed, I would estimate that she's been dead for about five years. 
which would mean that Victoria would have been 14 when her sister vanished, meaning she would very clearly remember Emily's face when they met. Then, let's consider the Everglots' reaction when they met Lord Barkis. They say they can't remember what side of the family he's from, but they give no hint about recognizing his face. Don't you think you'd remember the cad that your daughter disappeared with? Even if you're so mad that you disown her, the pure insult of the situation would forever etch the face of your daughter's lover into your brain. And Lord Everglot is not shy about gunning people down with his musket. So to have forgotten Lord Barkus's face, that would mean that Lord Barkus is more of a con man and he's not returning to the scene of the crime to do the same con with the same family. But why does Lord Barkis talk about being engaged many years ago, as if it's been decades? Well, that's where this theory finds a foothold. Lord Barkis is extremely dramatic. After he marries Victoria, he calls himself elegant, cultured, and radiant. Who does that? And, I mean, Emily was a pretty girl. So why didn't Lord Barkis actually marry her and produce little lords and ladies? He would need children to pass his title onto in the future. And Lord Barkis is even planning to kill Victoria almost immediately after the wedding, when, again, doesn't he need or want children? It doesn't make any sense. Well, it doesn't unless you piece together the clues of Lord Barkis's theatrical flair, actions, and opinions of himself. Quite simply, I think Lord Barkis is gay, and he's lashing out against a society that forces him to marry for money, title, and gain instead of love. A society that would strip him of his title if they knew about his sexual orientation. A society so ingrained with Christian beliefs that they may even kill or commit a man who said he loved other men. And the backlash of suppressing his feelings caused Lord Barkis to snap and play the role of a suave romantic so that he could rob and murder young women of means to take revenge on society. After all, because Lord Barkis puts on such an act, we don't know if Emily is his first or only victim. His home isn't local, and he perks up at hearing Van Dort wedding rehearsal, when it's the Everglots who have the title and are perceived as having the money. So Lord Barkis was just wandering through town and casting a wide net and spying on any wedding that crossed his ears. When he refers to being engaged many years ago, that may be because he started that con decades back, and he has to float from city to city to find new victims and avoid getting caught as a black widow and a thief. Watch The Corpse Bride again and see it for yourself. It fits. Thanks for watching, and I hope you enjoyed enough to like, subscribe, and share this video. I've also got a lot of other videos on my channel that you are fully encouraged to go check out. Plus, you can find me on Facebook at Say Halo Goodbye, which is my gamer tag, or Twitter at the underscore family.